Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing our series, Return to Me, and I'll Return to You. Malachi 3.7 says, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? And we know he's talking about in tithes and offerings. And yesterday I ended on the statement that there's a miracle in a dime. Why 10%? Why not less, or why not more? Some say 10% is too much, but we never say that with a retail sale. 10% is small with a sale. We would much prefer 20 or 25%, and most of us love 50% sales. Why? Because 10% is not much at all, really. How about a tip for your waiter or waitress? 18% is normal, and if you want to be very thankful, you tip 20%. We never scoff at that. However, when people talk about the tithe being 10%, oh, how could I ever do that and pay my bills too? What we need to understand is that God's financial system is supernatural. Tithing is not based upon our own strengths, abilities, jobs, education, degrees, intelligence, talents, good looks, or paycheck. It is based upon the miracle power of God, our honor and reverence to him, and our faith to believe his word. You see, he gave an oath. He said, prove him. And there's a miracle in a dime. Statistics show that the more people make, the less they give in overall percent. Why? Because it begins to look bigger. But in all actuality, it is not. 10% is the same for the blue-collar worker as it is for the multi-billionaire. The tithe is exactly the same size. Why 10%? I believe it's 10% because God knows what he's doing. Concerning Leviticus chapter 27, the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible says the Levitical Code deals with the dedicatory gifts and offerings consecrated for the sanctuary. They are considered most holy, as verse 28 says, to the Lord and must be rendered to the service of God. The purpose of these regulations is to prevent foolish or rash commitments and to warn against the temptation to forget or alter vows, quoting Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. This includes commitments regarding persons, animals, houses, lands, and even tithes. The King James Bible Commentary concerning Leviticus 27, 30 through 34, let me read that to you. It said, Also, the tithe of the land belonged to God and was to be brought to the priest at the tabernacle and later the temple. Quoting Malachi 3.10, Jesus noted that the Pharisees, 
who were very strict Jews, tithed even small seeds, quoting Matthew twenty three twenty three, and of all that they had possessed, quoting Luke eighteen twelve. His commendation must be taken as an encouragement to tithe. Christians are to give as God has blessed them. Naturally, it would be good to begin with at least the tithe, ten percent of gross earnings, but it will be difficult for a spiritual believer to legalistically stop there. Giving today should be to and through the local church, quoting Acts chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 16, for the purpose of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, the risen Lamb of God. That was written well. And then the New American Commentary says, Like the Israelites, Christians are called to be holy, and holiness pertains to all of one's life, since all one's possessions are actually from the Lord. In fact, it could be argued that the Christian is called to a higher ethical plane. As Kaiser noted with regard to the tithe, it says, Our conclusion must be that if a tenth was the minimal amount under the law, how can Christians do any less? Perhaps we should consider not how little, but how much we can give, seeing how richly blessed we are in Christ. Ooh, I like that quote. It continues, The theology of tithing is found in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 10 through 15. Proportionate giving is the subject of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Giving of at least a tithe is a way of expressing that everything we own comes from God. And those who make this their practice receive back far more than the sacrifices they make. I like how the New American Commentary states that. Let's take a look at the theology of tithing in Deuteronomy. Chapter 26, verses 10 through 15 says this. And now, behold, I have brought forth the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. When you have finished laying aside all the tithe of your increase in the third year, the year of tithing, and have given it to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat within your gates and be filled, then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house, and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and have done according to all that you have commanded me. And verse 15, Look down from your holy habitation, from heaven, and bless your people Israel, and the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. The Believer's Study Bible says concerning Leviticus 27, 30 through 33, the fundamental principle of the tithe, the practice of dedicating to God a tenth of the increase of the produce of the ground or cattle, was the recognition on the part of the people that all their possessions actually belonged to the Lord. This acknowledgement of God's ownership was accomplished through the tithe in that the surrender of the tenth, like the first fruits, symbolized the consecration of the whole. Mosaic legislation regarding the tithe is found primarily in three places. First, according to 27.30-33, through 33, a tithe of the crops, of the fruit of the trees, and of the herd or flock had to be given. The tithe of the grain or fruit could be redeemed, 
or bought back by the owner at one-fifth above the market value, quoting verse 31, and regarding the flock or herd, however, the tithe was determined by passing the increase of the cattle under the rod with every tenth animal, whether perfect or defective, being reckoned as the tithe. And second, quoting Numbers 18, 21 through 32, it specifies that the tithe of the produce of the ground and of the cattle be assigned to the Levites in return for their service in the tabernacle. And that's out of Hebrews chapter 7, verse 5 also. The Levites, in turn, were to give a tenth of their receipts, a tithe of the tithe, to Aaron, who, as the head of the priest, represented the whole priesthood. After bringing his tithe, the offerer was to go to the sanctuary, make a declaration of honesty, and ask the Lord's blessing upon his tithes, quoting Deuteronomy chapter 26 and Malachi chapter 3. So, as we see, even the priests were to tithe in honor and reverence to the Lord. The tithes were to be given to the high priest in the temple. Today, that would be the Lord Jesus Christ in his kingdom establishment of the church. Notice, as they brought their tithes to the sanctuary, they were to make a declaration of honesty and ask the Lord's blessing upon their tithes. I like how the Believer's Study Bible puts that. Let's read it again. After bringing his tithes, the offerer was to go to the sanctuary, make a declaration of honesty, and ask the Lord's blessing upon his tithes. This is referring specifically to Deuteronomy 26, verses 13 through 15. Let me read it to you. Then you shall say before the Lord, I have removed the holy tithe from my house, and also have given them to the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, according to all your commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commandments, nor have I forgotten them. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God, and have done according to all that you have commanded me. Now look down from your holy habitation, from heaven, and bless your people Israel in the land which you have given us, just as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. But there's more. Let's read Deuteronomy 26, verses 1 through 11. And it shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you shall take some of the first of all your produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land, that the Lord your God is giving you, and put it in a basket, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. And you shall go to the one who is the priest in those days, and say to him, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the country which the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket out of your hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. And you shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a Syrian about to perish, and he went down to Egypt and dwelt there few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. But the Egyptians mistreated us, afflicted us, and laid hard bondage on us. Then we cried out to the Lord God of our fathers, and the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terror and with signs and wonders. He has also brought us to this place and has given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which you, O Lord, have given me. Then you shall set it before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. 
So you shall rejoice in every good thing which the Lord your God has given to you and your house, you and the Levite and the stranger who is among you. Well, maybe your father was not a Syrian about to perish, and you've never lived in Egypt under oppression. However, has the Lord ever brought you out with an outstretched arm, with great terror and signs and wonders? Has he brought you to a place, a land flowing with milk and honey? For me, he has. Since February 11th, 1979, my life has never been the same. My kitchen is not filled literally with milk and honey, and I've not had a life without tough times. But he has brought me out of or through all my challenges every time. He has always met my every need. He has saved me, filled me, healed me, delivered me, and set me free. I am much like the Israelites, having been delivered from Egypt and inheriting the promised land. Do you think Abram felt the same way when he saw Melchizedek coming to congratulate him in winning the battle against the four kings and bless him? I think so. Malachi 3.7 says, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? Well, our time once again is up. See you tomorrow, same time, same channel. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.